0: With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. The Russians are leaving. Dozens of Moscow's diplomats being kicked out of the U.S., retaliation for the poisoning of a former spy and his daughter in England. The order includes 48 people stationed at the Russian embassy in Washington, as well as 12 connected to the Russian mission at the United Nations in New York. They've been given seven days to leave the country. The White House has also ordered the closing of the Russian consulate in Seattle. Just minutes after the U.S. announcement, Poland, Germany, and Lithuania announced they would also be expelling Russian diplomats. That's correspondent Wally Hines. At least 64 people are dead following a catastrophic fire at a crowded shopping mall in Siberia. Stocks sharply higher on Wall Street. The Dow is up almost 500 points, and NASDAQ 133 points higher. This is SRN News.
1: March is National Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month. According to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, anyone may develop MS, but there are some patterns. More than two to three times as many women as men develop MS, and this gender difference has been increasing over the past 50 years. Studies suggest that genetic factors increase the risk of developing MS, but there is no evidence that MS is directly inherited. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570.
2: Mr. Black and Like It Matters Radio, up next here on Wellness 1570. Listen to us on your smartphone with your mobile app or our mobile app that you download for your phone or tablet. It's great if you're on the go, going for a walk or a run. If you want to share it with friends, uh, just let them know. They can download it wherever they happen to be. And listen to uh, all the great programs like Like It Matters Radio, which is coming up next. Your forecast today from the Eagle Wellness Studios. We'll see mostly cloudy, a little precipitation, and a high near 45. It is that time of year again, and we have brought back the Business Benefactor Program. I'm Lee Michaels, and with me is our General Manager, Nick Anderson. Welcome,
3: Nick. Thanks, Lee. And you know what? I love this time of the year. I love this program, and we're working with the nonprofit here based locally called Matter, which is a nonprofit on a mission to expand access to health next door and around the world. Yeah, they work here in the United States and around
2: the world. It's a great local organization, and you can be part of it. And this is a great way, because with this, You make a $1,500 gift that goes directly to Matter. And as a thank you, we'll provide you with 40 commercials to air here on this station.
3: And that's what makes it so great. The 40 commercials can be used to do whatever you want with your organization. If you're a business owner, promote the upcoming sale. If you're a business owner, promote the uh, spring home improvement season. If you're a church or a private Christian school, here's an opportunity to promote an open house coming up or something that has to do in the fall with your organization. It is a wonderful way to, what we'd like to do is uh, kick, you know, kick kick the tires of, of, of the car a little bit before buying it. And a
2: lot of our advertisers have been a part of the business benefactor program in the past, tried radio, saw that it really worked for them and have continued to advertise. But also, again, that gift of $1,500 goes directly to Matter and, as a thank you, you, get those commercials.
3: So how do they take advantage of that, Nick? Well, you have to do it this way, though. You have to call us on what we have, the Business Benefactor Hotline. That is 651-289-4444. 651-289-4444. That's way we can keep track of the, uh, the process as we go through it and making sure that the no- donation gets given to Matter and that we get you set up with one of our local sales reps here.
2: Right, and then when we do that, we will follow up. You will have your commercials pre- uh, professionally written and produced, put together, there's really nothing you need to do, other than call the Business Benefactor Hotline.
3: Exactly, and again, the credit card that you give, that donation goes directly to Matter, not to us. Yep, call 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444. Together
2: we sing better, together we sing better, hand in
1: hand
2: Consider Montessori, an educational model that is founded on the premise that all children are natural learners with curiosity.
1: Private school, homeschool students.
2: Love, learn, and lead. Call 651 784 7988 or go to hihcm.org. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black.
4: Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio live caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And you are more blessed today than normal, because today we're going to be doing a nuts and bolts class. Today, the title of the show is Data for the Journey. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're all in the people business. No matter what we do for a living, no matter if we get a paycheck or not, One thing we all are doing is we're working with people. If we look in the mirror, we're looking at a person. If we get married, we get married to a person. Uh, If we have little babies, we procreate little people. We are all in the people business, and let 's be honest if you're in the car business, you know everything about cars if you 're in the computer business, you know everything about computers. But ladies and gentlemen, no matter what we do, whether we get a paycheck or not, we are in the people business. We were created for relationships. Uh, those of you who read the Bible, you know this we are created for horizontal and vertical relationships. Just like I have a few pets that uh, build, we have a relationship with that add uh, some quality to my life, God created creatures, same thing, so he can have a relationship with them. And then he created other creatures so that we can have relationships with each other. So if we really want to master this experience called the human experience, it is important that we truly understand people. Matter of fact, that's how I got to where I am today. That's why I get to do my leadership training. That's why I get to be on the radio Uh, because about 30 years ago, I realized how messed up I was, and it was a time to fix me. And as I went inside, started doing some psychotherapy, started cleaning up some stuff, started taking a look at what's going on, I realized I identified patterns, and I learned a lot of things that I never would have learned if it wasn't for the pain and the hurt that was driving me. And today, we're going to talk about data for the journey, because a lot of people think I read their minds. Uh, I don't. I used to have my ex-wife, she (laughs) said, I'll never forget this. She told her babysitter, you know, we shared custody of our little son, Major, and she told her babysitter uh, that when she meets me to be careful, don't shake my hand or don't look me directly in the eye because I have powers because I can read people's minds. I don't read people's minds. I don't believe anybody can read anybody else's mind. What I do is I take a look at the data, and there's all kinds of data in front of us that we don't see, that we don't hear, that we don't sense. It does not negate that the data is there, but most people don't pick up on it. And so today, we're going to talk about all the data for their journey. You know, we are, today, we're going to be focusing on interpersonal communication, you know, how to build relationships, how to connect with people better. You know, uh, my wife and I are going through some marriage counseling because we want to have a great marriage. Uh, and our our therapist recommended, you know, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And it's a great book. I think 11 million copies have been sold. And it's all about connecting, spouses connecting, uh, understanding each person's love language. Uh, so this is by Gary Chapman. Uh, the five different love languages are words of affirmation, uh, the language uses words to affirm other people. Quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Uh, the third one's receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So here's an article I got uh, from uh, Dr. Chapman's website. So what exactly are these languages he speaks of? According to Dr. Chapman, there are five universal ways that all people express and interpret love. Through his more than 30 years of couples counseling, Dr. Chapman has noticed specific patterns in the way partners communicate. And it turns out that most of the population express and interpret love in the same five ways. These expressions and interpretations are his famous five love languages. Dr. Chapman firmly believes that each person has one primary and one secondary love language. You can take a quiz on his website and figure it out. And he theorizes uh, people tend to give love in the way they prefer to receive love. I think that would be absolutely accurate. Most people treat other people the way they would want to be treated. Of course, the problem with that is they're not the same person. You know, one of my classes I have people walk somebody else who's blindfolded. So one person's blindfolded, the other person can see. And I'm teaching them about leadership, about responsibility, how truly leadership is like that blind person being led to you. They, The vision that they have is the vision that you give them. And it's always interesting because when they start off I, I watch them when they start off we're in a building and they have to get their stuff and pick the person up and then start walking with them. And I am always interested in paying attention to that pre conversation, that first conversation. As I when I'm done talking, I gave instructions. Is there any communication? And the communication that should take place is this. How would you like to be led? Would you like an arm on you? Would you like me to verbalize? What's the best way for me to lead you? But usually that conversation doesn't take place. Why? Because most people do this. Most people say, well, I'm gonna lead that person the way I would desire to be led. But the problem is this, that person's not you. Trust me, I have a lot of issues in my marriage because I want to (laughs) lead my wife or I want to treat my wife the way I want to be treated. And oh my gosh, are they so different. It's not making things better, it's making things worse. So uh, it's time for me to grow and time for me to uh, to pay attention to some of these love languages. So here are the five love, love languages. Words of affirmation. According to Chapman, this language uses words to affirm other people. For those who prefer the words of affirmation language, hearing I love you and other compliments are what they value the most. Words hold real value within this language. Furthermore, furthermore negative or insulting comments cut deep and won't easily be forgiven. And what I'm realizing uh, is my wife, uh, these are this is hers, words of affirmation. And boy, when I'm critical and when I'm uh, in my Mr. Black mode, boy, I do a lot of damage. And so uh, just reading this, getting prepared for this radio show is a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. Because uh, right or wrong, good or bad, she needs to be affirmed. Uh, and whether I like it or agree with it, whether I think she's doing a great job or not, I've got to figure this out. She's not my employee. Uh, she's not somebody I'm mentoring, although that's how I met her as mentoring her. Uh, now she's my wife. So I've got to adapt. I've got to change. Uh, and boy, uh, it's going a little bit slow. In all fairness, a little bit slow. Number two is quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Unlike the words of affirmation language, talk is cheap and being a loved one's main focus leaves quality timers feeling satisfied and comforted. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful to those individuals. Being there for them is crucial. I wouldn't have said that that was mine until I read the details of what he said. Number three, receiving gifts. Dr. Chapman says, for some people, what makes them feel most loved is to receive a tangible gift. This doesn't necessarily mean the person is materialistic, but a meaningful or thoughtful present. It makes them feel appreciated. Number four, acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. That's me. People who speak the language of service want their partner to recognize that their life is rough and help them out in any way possible. Landing a helping hand shows you really care. People who thrive on this language do not deal well with broken promises or perceived laziness and have very little tolerance for people who make more work for them. Basically, if you're not willing to show your appreciation by doing them a favor, you're saying you don't value them. And I hate to say this, but this is probably my primary. My two, without a doubt, would be this, and the next one, physical touch. I'm not sure which one is more. Probably acts of service. But my secondary language would be the fifth one, which is physical touch. To this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate touch. That doesn't mean only in the bedroom. Everyday physical connections like hand-holding, kissing, or any type of reaffirming physical contact is greatly appreciated. A person who speaks their language of physical touch isn't necessarily an over-the-top PDA-er, but getting a little touchy-feely does make them feel safe and loved. Any instance of physical abuse is a total deal-breaker. And so those are the five love languages. And, you know, we got psychometrics. After to break, I'll talk about different psychometrics. Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, ways that we can ask people questions. And then through this format... We can put out a psychometric, basically a pattern of how they operate. And so we'll go through those. But the good news is I want you to know I'm going to show you how you don't even need those. Yeah, we'll go into psychometrics. Yeah, we'll go into five love languages. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, that you don't need to know all that. Just by being in the now moment, just by being aware of what people are saying, how they're saying it, by watching their physiology, watching their eyes, that's going to tell you more about that person than all this other stuff. By actually listening to the words someone's saying, these things called predicates, you will know what language that person is talking in. So today, the show is called Data for the Journey. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. We'll be back in three minutes.
0: chop room in minneapolis is giving you a one thousand eight hundred dollar competition voucher for just nine hundred dollars what better way to get over the winter slump and get ready for summer dinner parties than getting your cook on competition style at chop room this unique experience allows you to bake your cake and eat it too it's the most fun you'll have with an apron on and you'll be surprised with the end results Mm. delicious Plus, you don't need to be Gordon Ramsay. All cooking levels are welcome. The best part is this is one of our half-off deals. For $900, you'll receive a $1,800 voucher to Chop Room in Minneapolis. It includes a private event for up to 20 people in a cooking challenge, complete with all ingredients, tools, and judging. Perfect for team bonding, a bachelorette party, a graduation gift, and family reunions. To take advantage of this deal, call us at 651-405-8800.
4: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, your Blessed Radio host and coach, and today we are talking about data for the journey. And I want to welcome our new listeners in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, They are listening on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience. In St. Louis, we play from seven to eight PM, and I'd love to hear from you, St. Louis. Just email me at Mr. Black at Radio dot com. That's M R B L A C K at Radio dot com. And our listeners in the beautiful twin cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, you can listen to us there as well on your local dial AM fifteen seventy. You can live stream with them on TwinCitiesWellnessRadio dot com. TwinCitiesWellnessRadio dot com. And for the rest of us living all over the world, uh, whether you're being in Brazil or China or Russia. Or Timbuktu, Idaho, you can just go to your little app on your phone that's called iHeartRadio and you can go ahead and query, you can search. For Wellness Radio 1570 1570. And there you will find us every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time and replayed at drive time from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can always go to our website, likeitmattersradio.com and you can listen to archived messages at your own leisure. And iTunes actually carries us now as well. So you can subscribe to iTunes to Like It Matters Radio uh, and there will be sitting at the end of my radio show. It's sitting right there. You can listen to it at your own leisure, whether you're driving halfway across country or sitting in a hotel room or at an airport. And so I'm just I want to thank you for joining us, for listening. This is the cause. If we're going to change this world, we got to start with each person one at a time. If we're going to change each individual, we're going to have to change our thinking. And this is a head game. You know, I always tell people I've met the enemy and he's living in my shorts. But what we're working on today is data for the journey. We are in the people business, and today we're focusing on interpersonal communication. So first of all, let me define communication for you. Communication is an interactive process. The more you understand how the other person is thinking and feeling, the better you can communicate to get what you both want from the interaction. Isn't that a great point? To get what you both want from the interaction. The ultimate win-win. And that's why I love studying transactional analysis. Transactional analysis was Dr. Eric Burns' way to take the complex field of psychoanalysis, uh, psychotherapy, uh, psych, whatever you want to call it, and put it into layman's terms. And uh, so I want to talk about Dr. Albert Morabian, because Dr. Merabian, uh did some seminal work. And let me just quote here from uh, Dr. Albert Morabian. He said, it is important to note that when analyzing transactions, and that's what transactional analysis is, a transaction is a stimulus and a response. It is a communications exchange of information. That's why transactional analysis is technically the study of communication. So it's important to note that when analyzing transactions, one must look beyond what is being said. Remember the old saying? Uh, it's not always what you say, but the way you say it. Again, as I go through some counseling with my bride, uh, boy, I hear that a lot. It's not always that what you say, it's how you say it. Uh, on both sides, not just one person's account. According to Dr. Byrne, one must look at how the words are being delivered. In other words, accents of particular words, changes in tone, volume, etc. He says, as the nonverbal signs accompanying these words, body language, facial expression, etc., transactional analysis will pay attention to all of these cues when analyzing a transaction and identifying which ego states are involved. The importance of these nonverbal cues can be understood by considering the work of Dr. Albert Moravian. Byrne passed away in 1970 before Moravian's seminal work was published. However, Moravian's work quantitatively proved the importance of nonverbal cues in communication. According to Dr. Moravian, when an individual is speaking, the listener focusing on the following three types of communication. Actual words, 7%. The way words are delivered, in other words, the tone, accents on certain words, etc., 38%. 38%. Facial expressions and other things that people see, ready, 55%. Stunning, isn't it? Only 7% of communication in agreement getting presentation is words. Now, I'm not saying words aren't important. Don't make up stuff I'm not saying. But as important as words are, I'm going to tell you, 93% is everything else. I've told you before, I do class in Mexico. I speak very little Spanish, not even uh, enough to order at a Mexican restaurant where nobody speaks English. I want you to know that. But I do have a little bit of working knowledge of the language, a little bit, but cannot carry on conversations. I do the entire training, whether we're in Mexico or in America, in English. And we have sometimes – we've had class. I just had one a couple weeks back. Where 10 of the 11 people were from Mexico, 7 of them barely spoke English, could not carry on a, 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 a troubled conversation. That's how broken their English was. And by the end of the class, you'd never know it. Their, their ability to speak English uh, probably quadrupled. Uh, they got the training. Uh, you wouldn't know it was in, in a different class. The, the graduations look identical. Why? Because the Dr. Morabian's work. You know, in the above statistics, the percentage figure indicates the degree of importance the listener places on that type of communication. One can see that facial expressions play a far more important role in communication and thus transactional analysis than the actual words exchange. And some of the learnings that he got from not only Dr. Moravian's work, but also Dr. William, I'm sorry, Wilder Penfield. Dr. Penfield was a neurosurgeon from McGill University and Dr. Byrne used a lot of his research as well. And A couple things he learned. Number one, the human brain acts in many ways like a camcorder. It vividly records events and while that event may not necessarily be able to be consciously retrieved by the owner, the event always exists in the brains. That's the experiential aquarium. And secondly, both the event and the feelings experienced during the event are stored in the brain. The event and the feelings are locked together. Neither one can be recalled without the other. That's what's critical to know. So another thing I want to address real quick, just so you see that what we're talking about here, is this thing called ego states. This is, again, part of transactional analysis. An ego state is a consistent pattern of feeling and experiencing directly related to a corresponding consistent pattern of behavior. So Eric Byrne was a psychologist in the 50s in Carmel, California. Poor guy. He noticed patterns. That's my background in neuro-linguistic programming. I see patterns. Like any good psychiatrist, he consistently noted that his patients would change over the course of a conversation. Sometimes the changes were verbal. Other times the changes could involve facial expressions, body language, posture, emotions, and many other nonverbal cues. And he gives the example of a 35-year-old lawyer that he treated. During the session, the lawyer, a male, said, I'm not really a lawyer. I'm just a little boy. But outside the confines of Dr. Byrne's office, this patient was a successful, hard-charging attorney. Later in their session, the lawyer would frequently ask Dr. Byrne if he was talking to the lawyer or the little boy. Byrne was intrigued by this as he was seeing a single individual display two different states of being. Byrne began referring to these two states as adult and child. Later, Byrne identified a third state, one that seemed to represent what the patient had observed in his parents when he was small. Byrne referred to this as the, quote, parent. As Byrne then turned to his other patients, he began to observe that these three ego states were present in all of them. As Byrne gained confidence in his theory, he went on to introduce these in a 1957 paper, one year before he published a seminal paper introducing transactional analysis. And it's so cool that it will be demonstrated that the parent, adult, and child are not concepts. You know, with Freud, Freud had the, the ego, the id, and the superego. And they were basically mindsets, if you will. So they're not concepts uh, like the superego, the ego, the id, or the Jungian constructs. But phenomenological realities, they show up. State another way, Freud's Freud's ego states are unobservable, theoretical states. However... Burns' three ego states can be confirmed with observable behaviors. And this is what you got to get. There's observable behaviors. I mean, we're told already, this is why I'm going to start getting into the learning styles. There are three different learning styles. If you go to familyeducation.com, they talk about this. You can go to my website, likeitmatters.net, same thing. There's the visual, the auditory, and the kinesthetic. You gotta know this, students that have learning disabilities have one commonality, a processing deficit that interferes with their learning. Nevertheless, it's important to remember that every individual learns differently and thus has a unique learning style. Approximately 20-30% to 30% of the school age population remembers what is heard. 40% recalls well visually the things that are seen or read. Many must write or use their fingers in some manipulative way to help them remember basic facts. Other people cannot internalize information or skills unless they use them in real life activities, such as actually writing a letter to learn the correct format. For some, auditory input is most valuable. Others rely upon a visual style. So others learn through kinesthetic means or a combination of all three. So you gotta learn this because this is how we learn. I teach learning styles. Auditory learners Auditory learners tend to benefit most from traditional teaching. Why? Because they learn by hearing. They can sit on their butt and be lectured all day, and they're going to process things in. Many teachers use a lecture-style forum presenting information by talking to their students. They regulate voice tone, inflection, and body language, and that helps students maintain interest and attention. Auditory learners succeed when directions are read aloud, speeches are required, or information is presented. Then you have visual learners. Some students rely upon a visual learning style. Show me and I'll understand. Visual learners benefit from diagrams, charts, pictures, films, written directions. They value to-do lists, assignment logs. And then there's the kinesthetic learner. By the way, most people that are called ADD, ADHD, will fall into the learning style of kinesthetic. Most of the school population excels through kinesthetic means touching, feeling, experiencing the material at hand. Children enter kindergarten as kinesthetic and tactile learners, moving and touching everything as they learn. And by second or third grade, some students have become visual learners. Kinesthetic learners, they need to touch things. They're hands-on learners. They're fidgety, They move around. And kinesthetics have a lack of focus. Now, the interesting thing is after the break, I'm going to go into these are all three modalities that every single human being has. These are the modalities we learn. I can actually teach modalities of how you store things in the, these three ways in your unconscious brain that dictates your experience. It's not what happens to your life that dictates your experience. It's how you store it, how you remember it, how you recollect it, how you remind yourself. So, after the break, I'm going to go through ways that you can actually see, hear, and feel these different learning styles. Today's show is called Data for the Journey, and I'm going to go in and explain to you how all this data is available. You just got to know what you're looking for, what you're listening for, and what you're feeling. Unlike.
5: Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022. Your child's
1: education is one of the most important decisions you can make as a parent. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. A quality Christian education can make all the difference in your child's life. A Christian school typically provides smaller class sizes for your student to flourish. Smaller class sizes can allow for more one-on-one time, allowing for individual attention with each student to focus on their academic needs, helping your child succeed. Wellness Radio 1570 believes in the power of Christian education so much that we have partnered with private Christian schools in the Twin Cities to offer half off your child's first year at a brand new school. That's right, half off. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com to check out a full list of our partnering schools, see frequently asked questions about the program, and learn more. We have a limited number of vouchers available, so the time is now to start planning for the upcoming year. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
4: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about data for the journey. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're on this planet for relationships. If you're a child of the risen king, if you're a child of God, then you're first created for that uh, horse, I should say, vertical relationship. But secondarily, we're created to have relationships horizontally with other human beings. And ladies and gentlemen, if we truly want to understand another person, we must walk in their shoes. And so there are lots of different ways we could work on interpersonal communication. Uh, The first two segments, we were talking about some of that talked about Dr. Morabian's work. We've talked about transactional analysis. If you missed any of this radio show you want to listen to again, Uh, if you're listening in the morning, this show will replay from 5 to 6 p.m. on iHeartRadio. This show will replay at 5 to 6 p.m. on AM 1570 in Minneapolis-St. Paul or TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. You can listen to it that way. So you can study transactional analysis. Uh, You can study neuro-linguistic programming, which is my background. Uh, You can listen to this radio show daily. I would highly recommend you go to LikeItMatters.net where I teach you this stuff. I teach you this stuff at the cellular level. But we're working on connecting with other people. And this is such an important field that businesses spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year on what's called psychometrics. Uh, Myers Briggs, the Enneagram, Disc. Uh, If those of you that uh, float around on the web a lot, you've seen, are you red light, green light, blue light, or yellow light? Are you these four things? You know, there's four things. It all basically goes back to the Disc work, Dr. William Marston's work uh, on the emotions of normal people. And basically, it goes all the way back to Hippocrates. Uh, And he would separate uh, uh, personality styles into four bodily fluids. And that's where it all comes from. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing about psychometrics, it's, it's all dependent on what the other person thinks. So Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, all those you're giving a set of questions, you answer those questions. And based on how you answer those questions, you get this readout, this psychometric printout. And then you share it with other people. And then we teach people this is what this type of person does, this is what this type of person does. And then you adapt. And there's great qual- there's great value in that. Uh, but I I was reading on the uh, Myers-Briggs. Uh, there's like $10 million a year spent on just that alone. Uh, and 50% of people cannot duplicate their scores, identical scores, a month apart. If they take the same exact test, cannot get the same thing. Why? Because it all depends on how you answer those questions. If you're having a good day, you've just scored your biggest sell ever, your, your marriage is going better than ever, you, your kids are doing well, you're going to answer those questions differently. If you're, the night before your wife left you, you just got fired from a job, or you lost three cells in a row, you're going to answer those questions differently based on how you feel about yourself. And that's one thing I love about our brain map. We do a psychometric that's unlike any other out there. I can capture your fingerprints, it takes about five minutes, and then send it to my scientists in India, uh, and they will send me back a 37 page printout of your brain. It'll tell me all 10 of your innate intellects. It'll tell me exactly what percentage you process visually, what percentage you process auditorily, what percentage you process kinesthetically. It'll tell me exactly to the 100th percentile what percentage you process right brain versus left brain. It'll create an emotional quotient. It'll show me what your uh, creative quotient is. It'll show me what your uh, uh, um, um, uh, heart, uh, what is it called, uh, when things are really hard, your, your difficulty quotient, if you will. All that based on your fingerprint. That's why I love my brain map because it's not dictated on how you answer questions. When I send in your data to my scientists, they have 10 sets of fingerprints. That's it. They don't know if you're a man or a woman. They don't know if you're 2 years or, or 20 years old. They know nothing about you. And based on those fingerprints, which are unique to you, and we believe that those fingerprints, which were formed on the 13th or 21st weeks, are identical to the brain lobes that they correspond to. You have five brain lobes, uh you have five f- uh fingers. Your right side of your brain and the left side of your brain have different functions. And so it shows you the ten stations. So uh there's lots of ways, there's hundreds of millions of dollars spent a year on training, on doing profiles, on ordering materials to all do this. I'm certified in disc, the original one. And so but what I don't tell you is as good as that stuff is, it is good, you don't need all that stuff. There's a lot of people think that I read minds. I want you to know I don't read minds. What I do is I look at the external data. See, no one can read somebody else's mind. But what we can do is the mind, what you're thinking is an internal map of reality. It's called the map of reality. And the only way people can know what's going on in your internal experience is through your external output. What do you mean external output? Things you can observe, things that you can hear, things that you can feel. Based on those, you see the three categories again, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Dr. Morabian talked about 7% of communication's words because people really don't listen to the actual specific words. Trust me, my wife gets mad when I listen to her words because she gets mad. That's not the word I meant. That's not the word I meant. So I actually listen to the words and do my best to stay away from the tone. But the tone, I hear anyways. See, people automatically hear the tonality, the timbre, all that. And so that's what most, and then they see the body language, they see the facial expression, and that tells a story as well. And so here's how this works. When my external data matches your external data, people have this unconscious sense that we must be alike. And so whenever you're dealing with interpersonal communication, we're always building, we're talking about a term called rapport. Rapport is a way to get comfortable with another person. Rapport is a way that we can connect with people. It's an unconscious communication, if you will. It's a way that we can connect with other people. Rapport is a safe way uh, of feeling safe. It almost removes the invisible barrier. It's It's a trusting feeling. And remember, there are three parts of communication. There are words, which is 7%. There's voice, tone, and qualities, which is 38%. And there's body language, facial expressions, things that people can see, which is 55%. And when we match and mirror this person, those three areas, we then can pace and lead communication, allowing effective communication to take place. See, that's why, you know, when people say, well, certain people are prejudiced, every single human being is prejudiced. We all have preconceived notions. We all judge people, who's fat, who's skinny, who's tall, who's short, who's a pedophile, who's not, who's right, who's wrong, who's good, who's bad. Don't you hear it? The people that are most judgmental the people that blame everybody else for being judgmental. Every single human being is judgmental. We're called to make judgments. We're called to be aware. We're called to have discernment. And when we meet people all the time, I do this in my class, and we make decisions on who we like or who we don't like based on unconscious things, we don't even know why we do it. Some of it might be skin color. Some of it might be sex based on our past. But this is how it works, and, and this is why I'm telling everybody that prejudice is part of the human experience. The government can't fix it, can't change it. What we got to do is understand. we got to just have understanding, because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship. And people's external output, their words, their gestures, physiology, is a physical representation of their internal map of reality. So in order to gain trust, in order to gain what we call rapport, we must meet that person on their external output, which unconsciously builds a level of trust because you must have a similar map reality. In other words, the reason why this works is because people like people like themselves. The same reason there's prejudice. I mean, 90, what, 4% of all black people voted for Barack Obama? You know they didn't vote for him because they agree with his his point of view, I mean, because some of those black people are conservative. Some of those black people don't believe in abortion on demand. Some of those black people go to church and believe that the, the Bible says that, uh, that a marriage between a man and a woman, that God did, Jesus did not come to get rid of the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. What God was bothered by in the Old Testament a sin, he's still bothered by today. The difference is Jesus Christ paid the price for those that are willing to accept his sacrifice. So what we got to do is meet the person in their internal model of the world as you map their, match their external output. And the way you do that is you match them in those three areas. You match them verbally in small talk, matching key words and phrases, you know, predicates we call them. Nonverbal, match voice quality, mirroring the body, sitting similar to them, making similar gestures, matching your behavior approaches to the situation at hand. So you got to get this. This is why we're in control of communication. If someone's resisting us, it's a statement about what we're doing, not about what they're doing. If we're the one that wants communication to take place, then technically it's our responsibility to make sure that that communication takes place. And what we've got to do is we've got to do fluid. Uh, there's a, a, a presupposition in NLP says that the element in a system that has the most flexibility has the most power. And so this is where leadership comes in. This is where I got to remind myself in regards to my, marriage, to my marriage to have more flexibility, to be so focused on what I want, which is a good marriage, that I don't get bogged down in the things that offend me, the things that hurt me, the things that I don't agree with it. And once we have a, a established rapport, there's a trust established you can begin to engage in things that normally weren't possible. That's why when people leave our training, uh, they're walking and connecting with people on totally different levels. So what are the three different ways we connect with people? On body language, match their gestures, their postures, eye movement. Eye movement tells a lot about what someone's doing, their energy level. On voice, we can match their tone, their timbre, their emotion, their pace. On words, you can match their education level. Don't be talking over people. Match the keywords they use. If someone's using a key word on a regular basis, you might want to use that key word. It tells them they're listening. It, again, these are all unconscious. And predicates. And predicates are words that people use. If you'll just listen to them, they actually tell you how they're communicating. Visual people, believe this or not, talk in visual words. Yep. Auditory people talk in auditory words. They're called predicates. Visual people talk about like things like this. Picture, imagine, focus, illustrate clarify. We need to talk eye to eye. Let's see to it. Auditory people talking sounds. Listen, tell, describe. Tone, explain, loud. Pay attention. That rings a bell. Kinesthetic people are physical, more touchy words. Touch, grasp, impact. They use phrases like, let's start from scratch. Slip my mind. I'm hanging in there. Uh, uh, It's a pain in the neck. I'm in a heated argument. So if you just open your ears and listen to people, you will hear how they're talking, visual people talking picture words, auditory people talking sounds, kinesthetic people talking touch or feelings or emotion. And so after the break, I'm going to go into the different ways you can pick up all this data. There's so much data out there, but you got to be in the now moment. you got to be fully present so you can see what people are saying. You can hear what people are saying, and you can put yourself in the shoes to feel what they're experiencing.
0: reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included
2: change the course of your life go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next leadership awakening class in minneapolis may 24th through the 26th that's likeitmatters.net leadership awakening we don't take applicants only commitment
7: So I was recently impacted by a video that we watched, um, and I suggest anyone to look it up, called The Pineapple Story. And it reminded me of our commitment of Colossians 3.23, but our commitment to work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. And the reason for that is because the Lord owns everything. He owns the kingdom builders. He owns each one of us. He created us. And so it's just a reminder that Colossians 3.23, working heartily unto the Lord, isn't something we just try to do to do, but it's because we work for the Lord. And so we are striving to live that out every day and in everything we do. I think if we're doing that, if we're actually living that out, then the natural consequence will be a blessing to everyone that we come in contact with, whether we do a roof for them or not. Then that blessing is mutual. And that's an incredible blessing, I think, both ways. We're ready to serve you when and if there's a need. So go to thekingdombuilders.net today. Or just call us at 612-900-9166.
4: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we're talking about data for the journey. Ladies and gentlemen, as leaders, we got to understand there are only three ways to see any situation. And by the way, if you miss any of this radio show, you can listen to it again on likeitmattersradio.com. Likeitmattersradio.com. And please, if you do Facebook, please like us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash LIM radio. And ladies and gentlemen, there are only three ways to see any situation. And I always tell my warriors that these are the things you've got to focus on because this is where we get data. A good warrior has full uh, address of the battlefield. A good warrior takes in all the data available to it. That's why whenever you're talking about battlefield, you want to get recon. You want to know the battlefield. You want to know what you're up against. And this is all information that is readily available if just fully in the now moment. Be present. That's the key. Be present. So remember, we're dealing with communication here. Communication is an interactive process. The more you understand how the other person is thinking and feeling, the better you can communicate to get what you both want from the experience. And sometimes in order to do that, you have to step into someone's experience. So the three ways we can pick up data. Number one is the first position, perceptual position, is called self. That's where most people live. It's by default. We see things through our map of reality, through our own eyes. And that's our natural default. That's our natural place to see things. The point is you've got to step outside of that every once in a while. You can't stay there. You get stuck, and then your ego's involved, and it's always your right and everybody else is wrong. It's your way or the highway. The second perceptual position is called other, and that's the ability to actually get out of yourself and step into somebody else's experience. You'll never truly understand somebody else's experience unless you walk in it with them. That's one of my gifts I have as a master trainer. I walk in people's pain. I walk in their misery. I walk in their stuff. That's why a lot of times after a class, uh, I, I'm beaten up for a week or two. I feel like, you know, in Ghostbusters, you know, when little slimer would come by and go through somebody and then they had slime all of them. After class, a lot of times I feel slimed because in order to help people, I got to walk in their shoes. Yes, the other day, my little boy, Benaya, who will be three years old in two months, he, for the first time, I had, took my shoes off and he walked in my shoes in the living room. He was saying, hey, Daddy, I want to be just like you. And that made me a little bad because right now I'm not living to my best in my home life. I can do a lot better. That's why I'm getting some counseling. That's why we all have to grow. We're all under construction. None of us is perfect. No, not one. Uh, When someone uh, called uh, Jesus a good ruler, a good uh, master, a good teacher, he said, who is good? Not one. And so you got to understand we need to be able to go into second position to to step into somebody else's map of reality. If you truly want to understand somebody, you must step in their map of reality. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to acknowledge it and understand it. And then the third position is what's called overview. It's kind of like if you were to have a situation with you and somebody else videotaped, and then you watched it afterwards. That's what overview is. It's how does it appear to other people. Now, in first position, you've got to get out of there, because you're naturally going to stay there, because if otherwise you get stuck there, it's called ego. Second position, you've got to go into that forcefully, but you can't stay there too long. If you get stuck there, you're going to be a sucker. And third position is called Overview. And you can't get stuck there or you're dissociated because you're just watching things like you're not part of them. The key is to go be able to move in and out. And all three are opportunities to gather information. It's like a U-2 plane, like a Black Hawk, where you're taking in data, you're reconning. And see, my background is in neuro-linguistic programming. NLP is the science of how the brain codes learning and experience. This coding affects all communication behavior. It affects how we learn and how we experience the world around us. It is the key to reaching and achieving excellence. Now, I use it without letting people know and then teach them how they work. To me, NLP is God's instruction manual. But think about the words itself. NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro is our neurology, how we think and feel. Linguistics is the language part, what we say, how we say it, and how we are influenced by what we hear. And by the way, it's all called programming, which brings the third one, which is programming, is how we act to achieve our results. NLP is the study of structure of subjective experience. It's about distinction of organization. It's how we organize things. I truly believe it's the original research, understanding the human experience. Like Jesus Christ, he walked in our shoes. NLP is the ability to understand human patterns and to adjust those patterns so it can be as resourceful as we want to be. At its core, it's about goals and choices. It's a process reducing everything to how do you do this. How do you know? And NLP, by the way, is not a philosophy. It's a technology. And it truly is the owner's manual to the human experience. And so you got to get this. By considering how another person perceives the information, how they take in, you can learn how to communicate more effectively. Remember, there are three different ways we all process this experience called life. Uh, we do it visually. People who think primarily in visual ways tend to use language that contain visual words and phrases, such as I get the picture or let's put this into its perspective. Now, if you want to connect with that person, then you need to start thinking in that way while you're dealing with them picturing internally the person's descriptions, and then using the same sort of sensory-based words, what I just shared last one, called predicates. Auditory people, in the same way, use words that express their listening. Their auditory predicates, such as, I hear what you say, or it sounds good to me. That may indicate some auditory thinking. Again, by matching these words and recreating the sounds in your head, by putting yourself in their experience, you will start to think the way the other person thinks. When you walk a mile in someone else's moccasins, you'll start feeling what they're feeling. You'll start thinking what they're thinking. You'll start seeing what they're seeing or hearing what they're hearing. That's the key. That's why I said if you truly want to connect with someone, you must step into their map of reality. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to like it. You just have to understand it. Because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship. And the third style is kinesthetic. People who have a primarily kinesthetic thinking style will tend to use words relating to feeling or touch. They're much more physical sounding words. They're also touchy. They're going to touch a lot. Uh, you know, they might say things like, "We're getting grips to grips with the problem." Uh, things are going smoothly. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Hey, next week, let's touch base. Do you hear the physicality of the phrases? When you start doing this, you'll start to get a feel for how these people express themselves. And using similar words and figures of speech, you will notice. You will notice almost miraculously that rapport increases as you share their experience. It's an unconscious thing. So how do you deal with the three? Once you can identify, once you're listening to them. By the way, there's lots of things to see. Visual people dress very nicely. They're well kept because they process everything through the way they are are seen. Auditory people, uh, depending on their upbringing, uh, comfort might not be that important. They might look good. They might not look good. But kinesthetics, they're going to dress for comfort. Not for looks. I'm very kinesthetic. If you ever see me out when I'm not in class or not around the class, you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, like when people are listening. A kinesthetic person, if you want to be close enough to you that they can touch you. They don't need to look at you when they're talking to you. Matter of fact, if you make a kinesthetic look at you when they're talking at you, nothing might get in. My son Christian used to do that. If I wanted him to listen to me, I would let him look down at the ground and process his feelings. If I made him look at me, he'd look at me because I'm his dad. But nothing was getting in because he didn't process that way. You know, you got to get this eye location for visual people, visual people stare a lot. Their eyes stay up a lot. Kinesthetic people, their eyes go down. They're looking to the ground a lot. It's almost like that depressed dance, but I'm not saying they're sad, but their eyes are down because eyes down to the right is a place called uh, kinesthetics so where you store your emotions. If you put your eyes down to the left, it's a position called auditory digital. It's called self-talk. Think of the pose by Rodin, the thinker. Eyes are down to the left, his hands and his chin. Kinesthetic people touch themselves a lot below the waist. They're fidgety. they are I don't mean in a bad way. They're hands in their pocket. They're slapping their knees. Auditory people touch their face a lot when they're talking. They rub their chin. Visual people stare at you. They're very upright. When you're at a dinner or a lunch or a business meeting with a visual person, you want to sit right across from them because they process by seeing. If you're talking to an auditory person, you want to sit side by side because they, you want to talk in their ear because that's how they process. In a kinesthetic, you want to be on the side as well, but be a little closer so you can put a hand on them or a touch on them because they like that auditory. The auditory person is patient with routine and details and may tend to take on too much and get overwhelmed by saying yes when they should say no. They're good listeners, but tend to develop specialized skills. They need to know specific details. Give them step-by-step instructions. Under pressure, they're going to have six days, long lunches, and change jobs. So what can you do? Ask them, what does this situation tell you? What sounds like it can assist you? Give instructions verbally and tell them auditorily how proud you are. The kinesthetic, they start projects. Enthusiasm may stop when centered on details, so they go on to new projects. They like change and variety and action. They work in bursts of energy, often with slack time in between. Come up with creative solutions to problems. They handle interruptions easily, impatient with slow, tedious jobs or routines. Under pressure, though, the kinesthetic becomes a victim. They dramatize. They get people emotionally involved. So what can you do for the victim? Ask them. I'm so for the kinesthetic, ask them how do you feel about this? Give guidelines within skill sets, yet enough freedom to feel creative and inventive and give public recognition, make them feel special. And lastly, the visual is results oriented. They want to be in charge. They will follow through on projects and keep on track. They're self-motivated. They love challenges. They are planners, organizers. They make decisions quickly, and they like to see things. However, under pressure, they get more demanding. They get stuck in their point of view. They make other people's point of view wrong or blunt and appear cold. What can you do? Ask them how they see this situation. What is the delay? Put your instructions in verbal form. Let them see it. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does the army
2: national guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life The Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association at this station.
1: More resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, ADIZ Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group.